0: Hey kids! This is me, Icey Robots, and we're back for another super exciting, super fun episode of the world's famous IC Robots Show. We got a ton of good stuff ahead of us this week. We're gonna, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. We're gonna open up some trading cards. We're gonna, we're gonna hear from Steve Balboni. Everything is gonna be great. So, without further ado, Grandmaster Grandpa, kick the beat. Okay, IC Robot,
1: I am on the tech 12th. This is One time for your mind.
0: the world's famous IC Robots show. As we join the scene, IC Robots is being shown his workstation. It is a vast room full of computers and fluorescent lighting.
1: Here we go my lad, this is your work area.
0: Uh, okay, uh, I guess I'm down here by myself. Uh, so, where are the vents?
1: Let me explain the job to you, this row of computers. There are 1,056 machines all mining Johnny Coins, the vents get full of moon dust so you need to remove the back and clean every machine every single day
0: hold on that's over like that's over a thousand machines i have to do this every day that's uh i don't i don't i don't know if you could do that
1: it's dirty work and very time consuming but it is your sworn duty so get to it
0: all right if uh if you say so hey do you know where um iceberg and emily are at i'd really love to say hi
1: this isn't the kind of job where chit-chat is allowed so make sure to keep your gob shut and no listening to your earphones. We are paying you and we demand your full attention at all times. You're allowed one break for lunch per shift. I prefer that you take it here in your work area but there is a lunch room over near the restrooms if you wish to be that sort of worker. Also, go to the WC on your own time. We don't pay you to release waste. Do you understand all of this?
0: Yeah, uh, I take the lids off all these computers, I clean them out, um, go to the bathroom on my own time, don't talk to anybody, don't listen to earphones, pay attention, wear a minor hat, wear these overalls, and this, um, bandana. Is that right?
1: Yes, that is it, but I do not like the tone of your voice. I can recognize sarcasm, so don't think you are getting one over on me.
0: I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to get one over on you, I was just trying to clarify the statement. I apologize.
1: I have a meeting over in Podby. I suggest you get to work. Farewell.
0: Oh my gosh, this is terrible. I do not think I'm going to be able to make it at this work. Hold on, the door's opening again. Is he coming back?
1: I see robots. It's me Iceberg. How are you, old friend? It has been a long time. This is the world's famous IC Robot Show. Act like you no?
0: Know. Let's open a pack of weird trading cards. Hey kids, this is me, I am back on Earth, having escaped the Jupiter moon base once again. This segment actually came at the suggestion of good friend of the show, Engineer Nerd, you can find him on Action Figure Blues, you can find him at Engineer Nerd on the tweets, he's a good guy, always full of good ideas, but he was like, hey man, why don't you open up some cards on the show? So I thought, you know, that is actually something I can do, I don't only collect, like, baseball cards, I also... I also have, like, a very, very slight interest in, um, non-sports cards. Not as much as baseball cards, naturally, but what I, what I like is, like, the weird ones, the strange ones, the ones that, like, the ones that make one wonder why did they ever make these cards in the first place. And I, I have a, I have an eBay order on some cards like that coming in, in, in the next few weeks. But up until then, I, I went, um, I, I dug deep into my personal archives of stuff. And what I mean by that is I have this plastic tote of, like, various paper ephemera under, under my office couch, and I pulled that out, and I, I, I dug through it to see, see if I had any unopened non-sports trading card packs, and luckily, I was able to, I was able to come up with a couple. The first one I have in my hand is for a, it is for a film, a Walt Disney film that was, this film was quite a sensation when it came out. I remember it being, like, a really big deal. This is a movie that goes by the name of, Dick Tracy, there were Dick Tracy figures, there were Dick Tracy trading cards, there were Dick Tracy t-shirts, all kinds of stuff. This is when the world was like, we were like really, really, really like in the need of like comic book movies, and while there were some out and everything, this, this went into that niche, and while nobody really could be said to give a flip about the character of Dick Tracy before the movie, or even after the movie, honestly, for a little while during the production of the film, and then afterwards, there was... There was like a certain degree of Dick Tracy mania, and I, I myself did fall victim to it. I was into it. I went to see the movie. I thought it was cool. I thought it was fun. I had a couple Dick Tracy statuettes, not the figures, not the ones that came out by um, Playmates. Shout out to a, uh, shout out to our guy Esquilito for gifting me a Dick Tracy action figure many moons ago. But this was. This was not those figures that I had, I picked them up at Suncoast, these two figurines, they were like, they were like vinyl statuettes, I had one of, um, Dick Tracy, and I had one of, uh, Breathless Mahoney, a.k.a. Madonna, and I had those in my, in my room for, like, the, uh, for the longest time, I remember I really wanted the Madonna, I had this, like, crush on Madonna at the time, but I, I had to buy the Dick Tracy to make it seem, seem more normal, but let's, Let's take a look at this pack of Dick Tracy trading cards. It has a, uh, nice silhouette of, a uh, Warren Beatty as a DT on the front. He's wearing his famous, famous yellow hat. These are made by Tops, and it includes eight glossy movie cards and one sticker. Let's, let's see what we got here in there, the cards. The first one we got is a wanted poster for a murderer. This is the sticker. It is Flat Top. Flat Top has... He has a flat head, as one could imagine. Then we got Tess Trueheart, good friend of Dick Tracy. Then we got Dick Tracy performing an interrogation. He is interrogating Mumbles. Mumbles was played by Dustin Hoffman. This movie had a giant cast. You had, like, Beatty, Hoffman, you had Madonna. You had a lot, a lot of people in it, man. You had, uh, you had Al Pacino. Al Pacino right here. Al Big Boy Caprice. Then you have a card of, on the waterfront, It says, it's a picture of uh, Breathless and Dick Tracy out on the waterfront. They're talking, this is card number 72, and it says, Breathless and Tracy rendezvous near the docks. That's, that's a sexy place. Terror in the streets, in this you see uh, Dick Tracy running away from a fire. As the alarmed gang lords gather at the conference room window, Tracy creeps to the edge of the building and leaps to a light post. I guess, I guess that's what's on there, it doesn't really look like that, but then we got a hot time for Tracy, this is card number 59, and it's, and it's our guy Itchy, and he has some kind of an itching powder spray or something, and then we have Tracy tracks his man, this is card number 36, it's a picture of Beatty, and then you have one with, uh, Al Pacino and Madonna on it, and it says a confident look, I'm not sure which one is giving the confident look, it looks like Looks like it could be either way, Pacino here has a crazy look on his face, and Madonna, Madonna has that famous Madonna look that we all know and love, man, Madonna was really a selling point for this movie, dude, if you remember correctly, of course it was a superhero movie following on the, uh, tales of, uh, the 89 Batman, the awful 89 Batman, but it was coming out right after that, which, which helped it a lot, but, Also, people couldn't get enough of Madonna at the time. She hadn't done, like, a ton of acting. She had done, like, Desperately Seeking Susan and I'm sure, like, a couple other things here and there. But people wanted to see more of her. She was at that, like, that, like, perfect point of her career where people just couldn't get enough. They wanted more. They could not get enough. And this movie was really kind of, kind of sold on the presence of Madonna. You cannot, like... You cannot underestimate that. Let's, let's open one more pack of cards. These are, um, I found three packs of these, actually, which is, which is weird, because I, 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 don't even really, like, remember buying them, but they're called Baseball's Greatest Gross-Outs, and they're, like, they're, like, a combination baseball card and, like, uh, Garbage Pail Kid. They are nine full-color stickers with one piece of gum. The gum is still, the gum is still in here. These were made by, these were made by Fleer. And it advertises on the back that the gum is super bubble. So you'll double your bubbles. Like, more bubbles than tops. Let's bust into here. These are... These are gonna lose one card right off the top. Because the gum is just gonna disintegrate whatever is underneath it, man. This stuff is... I'm not even sure I can get it off. Ugh, it's black. This is... This is hideous. This piece of gum is hideous. The gum is always gross, but usually... It stays pink, but this whole thing is black. It fell off. This is this is disgusting. I can't even see the name of the card underneath. It's some sort of a skeleton guy. The next one is Grossout Glenn. And he's like a three-eyed monster with bugs on his tongue, and he's like pulling his lips apart and it says Grossout Glenn is five foot ten. He weighs 386 pounds. He has a mouth full of crud, and he will eat anything but the kitchen sink. Then you have tobacco Tony, and it looks like he's chewing tobacco. He's 170 pounds, but 132 pounds is tobacco. He keeps chewing tobacco in at all times, but he is too dumb to know you're supposed to smoke it, not chew it. So we're supposed to believe he's actually, like, chewing cigarettes. What a, what a guy. Then you got Winnie the Windbag, who is some kind of, like, I don't know, she's got a big mouth and big face, like she's some kind of, like, cloud or, like, an air puffer kind of deal. A long-winded player, teammates like her around on hot days, and she always makes a nice breeze. I don't know what that means. Kind of kind of some kind of an innuendo I don't want to get involved with. Then you have Airhead Arnie, who has, like, the baseball's going all the way through his head. It's going in one ear and out the other because his head is hollow. He has big monster teeth and green hair. These are all stickers, which is which is kind of neat. He is 5'8", 143. He's the head scout. He has holes in his head where the ball goes through. Then you have Johnny Reb. Johnny Reb has, like, a Confederate soldier gimmick, complete with the Dixie flag. This guy, this guy would for sure get canceled, and he would deserve it nowadays. Long-arm Lenny, he's a catcher. He's like a monster dude with a big monster nose, but his thing is, like, he can, uh, he can get his arm out in front of the batter so the ball never even reaches him. That's a good advantage. Then you have nervous Nicky. He's all, like, twitchy and scared. He's like a scaredy cat, has some some kind of anxiety issues. Not fun to make fun of that. Then you have Orville the oozer, who's like a giant, like, booger, like a, like a mucus squad. He's like a, he's like a mucus blob with a bunch of baseballs stuck in him. He's five 5'5", five, 140 pounds, and the balls stick to his body, it says. These cars are kind of cool. There's eight of them are stickers out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, out of ten. So two of them are not stickers? Yeah, I guess so. This... This gum one is this sticker. Let's see if you can pull this off. Maybe they are all stickers. This one's gross though I might actually stick the one with the big um The big gum blob on the front just so grody. Oh the gum just cracked. I'm gonna throw that in the garbage, dude There's like an ant on my desk, and it's been running around here, and I don't want him to eat that gum and Die let me tell you the story really quick before we get like um out of here It's completely unrelated, but I I was chewing on a piece of candy the other day, and then I went into the restroom, and I was gonna, like, uh, I was gonna brush my teeth, and for whatever reason, instead of throwing the candy in the garbage, I sat it on the windowsill, and then I noticed, like, there were ants, like, all around it the next morning, and I decided, I'm like, I'm just gonna leave this here to see how long it takes for the ants to, like, just disintegrate this whole thing, and it was really only, like, one day, like, one or two days, and it was, like, completely gone, but I noticed that when it was all gone and, and done, I was gonna... You know, it's going to wipe away the leftover residue. But I noticed there were like, there were like three or four ants who died on this mission. And I thought that was crazy because it didn't really seem too perilous. I never, like, I didn't bother them once they started doing it. I just wanted to see how long it took. So I stayed out of it altogether. So it wasn't like that. But, um, I wonder how they died. I wonder what it was. Just maybe too much weight, too much, um, now and later weight. I don't know. Sad, sad, sad day. But I, I wiped them all up and I threw in the garbage. Let's move forward. We're going to... We're going to find out what's going on with Steve Balbone. We got a message from that guy. I, I'm glad to see that he's made it. The Curious Adventure Cell. Steve Balbone. Big Foot Hunter. As you know, or as you will soon learn, Steve Balboni is a Major League Baseball Hall of Famer. He's the all-time leader in stolen bases. He's the all-time leader in triples. He has more he has more single-handed triple plays than anybody else in the history of baseball combined. He's great. He's also a world-renowned cryptid hunter. He's currently in the in the Pacific Northwest Woods with his With his cohort, Donnie Baseball, a.k.a. Don Mattingly, Yankee Hall of Famer. They are both out there on the hunt, and they have been sending messages into us here at the world's famous IC Robots show. It's a lot of fun. As we last left Steve, he he was under attack. They were surrounded by Bigfoots. They were in a wooded grove surrounded by Bigfoots. Yes, yes, I said Bigfoots, not Bigfoot. There's more than one, or at least that's what uh, Steve Balboni has has surmised in his adventures. Fortunately, they seem to have made it. We got a new message the other day. That message will be coming up shortly. Let me just uh, let me get the answering machine ready. He calls my he calls my house phone, and I have an old answering machine there. Let me um. Okay, here we go. Let's play it.
1: This is me again, Steve Balboni. You won't believe this turn of events. The Bigfoots caught
0: up to me and Donnie and brought us to their village. We're there now, and uh, honestly, it's pretty nice. They're treating us well. They tended to our wounds and gave us a drink made from pine cones. One of the females seems taken with Donnie. At least I think it's a female. Who am I to judge? More to follow. Talk soon. I do not think that I'm exaggerating when I say this fact. That may very well be the most informative, important call in the history of all cryptid hunting. Steve Balboni has proven the existence of Bigfoot. Not only Bigfoots, he has proven the existence of Bigfoots. So, like more than one. Like a bunch of them. They have a village. They all live together. And I swear, I swear that I heard didgeridoo. You might want to re uh, rewind and, and check that out for yourself. But they may be there playing music they make drinks they make drinks out of pine cones i actually i actually factually looked that up i was curious whether you can do that there there's like a cocktail there's like this way that you like pour gin over a green pine cone and it like has tannins in it i don't really know what tannins are and i don't i don't need to know don't feel like you have to tell me what it has tannins in it that somehow bring out like an interesting flavor in the gin i don't know seems weird to me i don't i don't i don't think that's up uh up my alley, but I also don't really think that that's what they were giving them. In my mind, it was some kind of, like, a pine cone smoothie. Like, I imagine they, like, take the pine cone and grind it up in some way and maybe, like, make a mush and mix it with water. I don't know. I am just surmising. I'm trying to think what I would do if I had to drink a pine cone. If I had to drink a pine cone, I think that I would throw it in in the um in, in the blender and see how fine I could get it. Then maybe mix it with something. Maybe with some gin. I don't know. I don't know why I'd be drinking a pine cone. But this is, this is amazing stuff, dude. This is like off the charts important. I wish that Art Bell was, I wish he was still with us today. They reminisce over you, Art Bell. I wish he was still with us today so that he could, he could share in the joy that I feel and being able to share this with you folks out there. This is, this is amazing. With Steve Balboni. When he first started calling in, I didn't know where this was going to go. I had no idea. I thought it was weird that I, I got a cameo for my birthday of Steve Balboni. Then he started calling me up. I thought it was weird. I didn't I didn't talk about that, but it, it was strange to me. But it's all turned out to be just, it's amazing. It's great. I just, I, I, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm blown away with all this. Steve Balboni, Bigfoot Hunter, you've come through again. You're the best of all the times. I, I'm glad to see you're safe. I'm glad to hear you're safe, rather. If you're somehow listening to this, my guy... You've done it. You've proven Bigfoot is real. You are. You're the king of cryptids.
1: We built
0: this city. We built this city on Gabe's Welcome to We Built This City on getting swole. The all-new workout segment where we only care about two things: our peaks and our freaks. Our peaks being our big biceps. Our freaks being the special person in our lives. We also we also care for them as much as we care for ourselves. It's all good in the hood. I I'm back fully. I'm like fully back into the swing of going to the gym, which is like really great because it's been like a whole like a year, right? With Without any, like, serious heavy working out, heavy lifting and stuff, and I'm, I'm having the time of my life, dude. If you guys don't belong to a gym, I recommend highly that you do so. They're very beneficial to your life and to your health and all that stuff. I know, I know my gal Sarah's back at the gym. I know my guy, the teen one, dal. he is, uh, he is over at the gym. Everybody I know is out there hanging and clanging, and it feels so good to be to be free again. I was I was over at the gym the other day and my guy my guy cool Kyle, this is the uh, the trainer over there. He's like the dude who hurts the counter and he gives you like workout advice and stuff. He's he's in pretty good shape, man. He's got like he's got like that athletic look, you know, he does like crazy pull-ups and stuff, which I which I cannot do. I'm not a pull-up dude by any means. I'm too heavy on the bottom to get myself over the bar, but it's fine. I try, but, uh, my guy Cool Kyle's over there, and he's, you know, showing me some, like, different way to do this one machine than I than I normally do, and I'm just like, this guy's pretty cool, man, like, coming up, I had this, I had this idea that, like, guys who were, like, muscle heads were all, all, like, jerks, you know, which is, which is weird, because I watched wrestling, and I watched action movies, and I admired muscle heads like, Schwarzenegger, or, like, The Ultimate Warrior, but then when I encountered them in real life, I always just imagined them to be, like, super, super duper jerks, like, like Billy Zabka, and just, uh, just one of the guys, but, like, meeting this homeboy cool Kyle, I'm just like, you know, this guy's cool, he's, like, a nice, gentle guy, he gives, like, friendly advice, he chitty-chats, and he's, you know, a very good, um, ambassador for the gym overall, but I don't really remember where I was going with this one, I guess, I guess, uh, I guess the fact that I'm over there hanging out with Cool Kyle all the time is like a new interesting factoid of my life. Because it's me and like this musclehead guy over there like pumping out curls, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. He's doing crazy stuff. I'm just hanging out. I, I do kind of think he's probably trying to rope me into some kind of like some kind of like full-time training gig, which I will not go for. I'm just, you know, I, I know a little bit about hanging and clanging enough that like I don't feel like I need a trainer. Even though I could see how being a trainer could, um, having a trainer rather, could be... Could be a good deal, but I think it'd be even more important to have, like, a personal chef. Like, somebody who comes in and makes you, like, makes you, like, tasty meals that are also, like, low in calories. I think that would be, like, that would be, like, the most beneficial thing of all for all of us. Because we all consume too many calories, man. I think that's... I think that's just a fact of life. We got our, our guy Gino V's out there eating sugar cereal. I'm out here eating potato chips every day. I can't help it. But um, what I wanted to talk about while I was here was just like a couple of my favorite gym jams. Gym jams are like the songs that you have in your in your headphones while you're while you're rocking out of the gym. And I I have like different songs for different occasions. But I thought that like I thought maybe I could share one or two here right now that you can listen to that might get you uh might get you motivated. Let me let me start off here. I got my cassette tape my cassette deck all set to go let me pop in this and uh this is one of my favorite jams when i'm uh lifting weights we'll listen to this for a sec That, of course, is mother by the all-time legendary, the all-time great, the toughest man in the world, a man that goes by the name of Glenn Danzig. Dude, this song is like, if you're on the gym or you're on, like, the chest press machine or you're doing some hack squats and this, like, this guy comes on, dude, you are gonna be flipping out. You're gonna be, like, you're gonna be lifting those weights all the way to the sky. You're gonna be, like, doubling up on your all-time best, man. This is, like... This is, like, one of the best gym jams of all the time. One time, I was actually there lifting, right? I'm, like, I'm doing my thing. I'm pumping out some, like, 10-pound curls and whatever. And, like, I popped off my earphones. I was listening to this song, and I popped off my earphones. And they were also playing this song over the loudspeaker at the same time. My guy, Cool Kyle, was behind the counter just, like, just, like, banging his head like he was on an episode of Beavis and Butthead. One time, one time, I was lucky enough to actually factually meet the great Glenn Danzig in person. And we all... We all heard these rumors when we were coming up. I don't know if, like, you younger guys know all about this. But when I was coming up, right, back in the days of, like, Rinkin' Valley Junior High and stuff. Rinkin' Valley, uh, had a big rocker population. And Glenn Danzig was one of the dudes that people lauded as, like, the toughest dude of all the tough guys. It was, like, legendary tough guys were, like, Mr. T, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, Randall Tex Cobb, and amongst them was Glenn Danzig, people, like, uh, rumored that, like, he would wear these, like, fingerless gloves, and people said that, like, the lining of the gloves had, like, metal in it, and he was just, like, knocking dudes out left and right, like, people said this, people really said this, but I, I was at WonderCon, I was at WonderCon in Anaheim, and I was walking by this table, and behind the table sitting there was a table with, like, it had, like, a book of, like, original comic art and stuff that was for sale, but, like, Sitting behind the book was, uh, Glenn Danzig, and I looked at him, and he looked at me, and I said, Hey man, are you Danzig? And he's like, I am, dude. So we, uh, we, like, chit-chatted for a second. And I've heard over the years also that this guy has, like, an unapproachable attitude, but he was very nice to me. He was very friendly, very cool, talked about comics, showed me the art that he had for sale. This was all, like... This was like super high-end stuff, like thousands and thousands of dollars. And I think that he, he knew that I wasn't really going in for it. But he, you know, he showed me his pieces. He showed me the cool stuff that he had. And he was, he was really cool. So I, I also think about that when I'm, when I'm listening to this song. You can see me right now pumping my arms up and down, up and down. But I, I think about that. When I'm at the gym, pumping some iron, getting swole. We built this city on getting swole. I think we're only going to, uh, I think we're only going to go over one gym jam today. I think this gym jam is so overwhelming that if I did another, you might die. You might just, like, croak right now. Little little dose to get you started. Take this song, pump it in your earbuds, walk around, go outside, flip a tire, go walk your dog, go to the poker stop, Do something. Play some Mother by dancing and go for a walk. I'm here at one with nature, clearing my mind, clearing my thoughts, getting myself prepared spiritually, mentally, emotionally. I've forgotten what it's like to lose. This is the world's famous. I see robots show. I was just uh, I was just thinking about this the other day, and I, I don't even really know what prompted me to do this. Maybe just the uh, the swing in the summer weather, things getting warmer, things getting nicer outside. But we we had this deal at my um, elementary school called Binkley. Binkley Binkley Elementary School here here in Rinkin Valley in Santa Rosa, California, where in which every Friday at lunch they had like a popsicle sale. They had like these big industrial boxes full of um. Full of, like, all the various Popsicle flavors, you know, red, orange, purple, all that and stuff. And the most vaunted of all the flavors was their root beer. There would be, like, in the entire big box of Popsicles, there was always just, like, one root beer Popsicle. And that was the one everyone wanted. If I remember correctly, Popsicles were 25 cents. Most kids' parents would send them with 50 cents. and You'd have, like, two Popsicles that you would eat. These were not, like, the big, giant, wide ones. These were, like, the small, cylindrical ones. And you would... You would eat two during your lunch break or whatever. I believe it was lunch. It might have been the first recess or even the third recess. I, I don't recall. We got one early recess, and then we had a lunch recess, and then there was like a 10-15 minute one toward the the end of the day. But the you would get in line, and they always had different kids working the the popsicle booth. It wasn't teachers or anything. So you had to like you had to ask this kid, whoever it was, for like whatever flavor you wanted. You'd be like, "Excuse me, excuse me, Billy, can I get a red?" And if he would give you a red, if not, he would not give you a red. He would just give you what was ever on the top of the box and usually usually whoever it was would also like they would like hoard the root beer one for, for themselves, and I, I suppose that makes sense, like, you're, you're working the booth, so you, uh, you get it for yourself, but there were, like, a few times where I got the, uh, where I got the vaunted root beer one, when, like, a teacher would be doing it instead, and they would just pass them out randomly, and I could never, I could never believe my luck, this amazing brown popsicle that tasted like root beer, another, another thing that, like, people really coveted while I'm on the, uh, while I'm on the topic of coveted things, was, like, the blue chair. In in Binkley Elementary, we had tables, and the tables would have, like, you know, an appropriate amount of chairs for each person, and then at the end of the day, the chairs all would, like, stack up in the corner, and there would be, like, red chairs and orange chairs and a yellow chair, and then there was, like, a very rare blue chair. Like, each, each class or setup would have, like, one, maybe two blue chairs, and everybody wanted... The blue chair. You would, like, the king of the hill if you had the blue chair for the day. And then I remember there was, like, there was, like, this one day where this girl sitting next to me or behind me had the blue chair. And she left to go do whatever she was doing. She left the classroom. I don't know if she went to the restroom or she went to the office or whatever. And while she was gone, I took her blue chair. I took it for myself. And then, like, I put my chair over on the side. So when she came back in... And I remember she sat right down where her chair was without even looking to see if there was still a chair there. And she fell right onto the ground and she hit her head and she started screaming at the top of her lungs. Like, ah! Ah! Like, she was dying. I remember when you were, like, a kid and, like, everything, like, hurt, like, far worse than it did when when you became an adult. But she started screaming and screaming. And I got in so much trouble for, like, taking her chair when I still... To this day feel, she should have looked before she sat down. What kind of a dummy sits in a chair without even making sure to see the chair is there? Don't you have to, like, look and see that the chair is, like, in the proper space to locate your buttocks into the chair? Like, who sits in a chair without even checking to see if there's a chair there? I feel like... The look before you leap uh, parable really fit into this one and I I, I don't think that I, I should have gotten to the amount of trouble that I did. Yeah, that was whack. I got sent to the office and everything. It wasn't wasn't a good scene at all. Let's uh let's do what we gotta do before we get up out of here. Let's take a look at the messages from our animal spirit guide. We got these these fancy dancy cards, these very similar to Tarot cards that have different animal icons on them, and they they give us advice that we're gonna follow throughout the week. This is important stuff, man. So far, we've had the spirit of the condor. We've had the spirit of the tiger. And this week, we have the spirit of the chimpanzee. The chimpanzee says... Use both your intuition and your intellect to solve the problems or get answers to your questions. This is this is very important, man, because sometimes you definitely do... Have to trust your gut when a situation arises. Like you wanna, you wanna follow what your mind says. You always wanna use your intellect when faced with a problem, but you also, you also have to use your gut. I remember, I remember back in the day when I was doing martial arts. Our, our coach, our coach Jody Sensei Jody, he, he advised us, and I've always felt like this was good advice. If you're, if you're going down the street and you feel like a situation is sketchy, if you feel like something is weird, don't hesitate to act accordingly. Don't hesitate to turn go the other way, cross the street, do whatever you have to do to keep yourself safe, because your mind picks up subconscious cues of things around you. Like, you may not, on the conscious level, see what the immediate problems are, but your your subconscious mind picks things up that you don't notice, and you want to act according to these subconscious cues sometimes. Very, very important. The chimpanzee is a very wise animal, and we're going to take this with us into the week. We're going to use our guts, we're going to use our hearts, as well as our minds to guide us through the problems of the week, I think that I think that's about it, man. I think that we've covered everything we're gonna cover so far. I think that things are going well. I think things are going good on the new show. I hope that you like it. I hope you're having a good time listening to Worlds uh, world's famous every week. It was nice to hear that. Um, it was really nice to hear that Steve Balboni's doing well. Nice to hear that our guy Steve Balboni is safe in a Bigfoot's village. I, I was very very nervous when when in the last episode we heard him with these. With these scary Bigfoot sounds all around him, this danger all around, i i I wasn't sure that we'd ever hear from Steve Balboni again. I-I have always known Bigfoots to be vicious beasts, but it turns out they, uh, they have some kind of, like, a civilization. They have some kind of a village. They have some kind of a cast structure. They play didgeridoo's. They make drinks from pine cones. All these things are great. So, until we meet again, until we get together again, use the spirit of the chimpanzee to guide you. I haven't- lot of a uh, fancy sign-off yet so until until i got one of those i'm just gonna say hey this is me guys you know, about signing off you guys take care of yourself talk soon all right um and bring in the organs. and you know i got to have that Some people listen because they want a mystery. Some people listen, then say we're whack. But if they miss the show, they get the heart track. Now look at you, sis and then bite your lip. The whole world sees you as a hypocrite. Live out the first law and make yourself If the show doesn't help you, Robots Radio is a listener-supported endeavor. If you like what we do here and you look forward to new programming, consider helping us to bring fun stuff every week by heading over to supportthereport.com and tossing a few pounds into the hat. It's important to support things that you enjoy. Thanks and have a great week. supportthereport.com